At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Hi, I'm Kristen McGlory, lifelong genius hunter. For a decade, I've been unearthing the recipes that have changed the way we cook. Now, on the Genius Recipe Tapes, we go behind the scenes with the geniuses themselves. This week, I had the joy of talking with Jesse Sevchak, food stylist and author of the new cookbook, Cookies, the New Classics. In other words, very doable, very pretty recipes that bring something new to iconic cookie styles that we know and love including this week's genius recipe on Food 52, which is a smart, essentially one-bowl technique for the quintessential holiday crinkle cookie, but with unexpected savory depth from lots of vanilla and lemon, but not the juice or zest. Instead, it's the rind of the preserved kind. Now, the use of preserved lemon was first recorded in North Africa some 1,000 years ago and has since become a big part of Middle Eastern and Indian cuisines, too, most often in savory dishes. But more and more chefs are starting to play with it in sweet ones, too. From Yasi Arafi's ice cream to Nadia Hussein's tray bakes to our own Rebecca Ferkser's lemon bars. In this episode, Jesse will get into why he finds preserved lemons so powerful in baking and how he makes his crinkle cookies their best soft, crinkly selves. But first, here he is to let us in on where his relationship with cookies began. A little friendly competition with his mom. My mom is like an incredible baker. She actually owned a candy business. She like ran out of her home when I was a kid. She sold caramels. And I remember she had a job at William Sonoma. And she would like make these like frosted sugar cookies that were really beautiful for like displays and stuff. So I definitely like inherited it for my mom. And I went to culinary school for savory, which I think was like tricking myself into like trying to do that. <laughs> and then... I just came back to baking as I got older. Were there specific holiday cookie memories that you remember with your mom or other members of your family? I do just remember the sugar cookies. Like we would always do the cutout ones with royal icing and we had these grand ideas or at least myself to make like polar bears and penguins and stuff. And they were just like haggard. And like Even <laughs> if I still tried today, I feel like mine would still be like haggard. It's just like not really a skill I have. Um, but like every year we would do that and it would become like a competition, almost like a fun way with my mom. Oh, really? Yeah. Like who could make the more representative polar bear? Yeah, exactly. And my mom would always be like, oh, I got like a little rosemary sprig to like put in like a, a dove's mouth or something for the holidays. And she gets <laughs> so into it. And I feel like a lot of my like creativity came from her, definitely. As someone who loves to bake, do you have a strategy for approaching holiday baking? And do you have any tips for our listeners? Sure. I guess like referencing my mom and I decorating these sugar cookies, I think now as I've like come to terms with my abilities, I would suggest just 
focus on like baked goods and cookies that are simple and fun and exciting and taste good. Try to like stick to recipes that will be like the balance of like effort to um, reward is going to like be worthwhile. I think I've seen like so many variables with cookies and recipes that it's like I can be given a recipe like say for styling, for example, and like manipulate the temperature or like the oven temp or mm. or even just like the way that I like need the dough to like make it do what I want to do in a weird way. Wow. That feels like a superpower. Yeah, right. Especially as a food stylist, but even in our home baking too, like if there's something that we're really going for, like chewy versus pudgy and soft versus crispy to, to know how to push and pull those levers. Do you feel like there are general rules that apply or do you feel like it's recipe by recipe specific? Like, for example, the recipe we're going to talk about today, do you feel like the things that you would do to manipulate how it turns out are generally applicable to other cookies or no? No. So the most common question I'm getting since the book came out about like baking specifically is like, oh, do you like to chill your dough or should I chill the dough? There's been these like food media article like propaganda is like chill or age your cookie dough for better cookies. Actually, it's more complicated than that. Mm. So do you feel like there are certain types of cookies that if you age them, you will end up coming out with something worse? Yes, I think aging specifically in my mind, it can go wrong with the fat content. If you don't have enough fat and you age your cookie dough, then you're baking like fridge cold fat and it's going to spread significantly slower than like freshly made cookie dough, like room temp fat. And you might end up with just like pudgy little dense guys that didn't spread as much. So it's like complicated. It's so like, sure, you can age your dough, but then like leave it on the counter for an hour, please. If it like the recipe doesn't mm. say to. It's like a common issue these days. It's like people are trying to make things easy for home bakers, but like doing them a discredit by kind of dumbing it down so much that it almost becomes inaccurate. I have to say that was definitely something I noticed about your book, bearing in mind that I worked on a desserts cookbook, Genius Desserts, a while back. And so I, I, I think encountered some of the same conundrums that you encountered too, of like how and where to explain, like how to measure flour. Mm. And I was so impressed by your solution. I sent like some of the first recipes out for cross test and then I had like some friends do it and then some like um, like people who just cross test recipes, like uh, like real professional cross testers. Um, like some of my friends, the cookies came back little pucks. And through many conversations, I realized like they were taught to like pack as much flour as they could in there. And it was just like I had like this moment. I'm like, kill the book. I can't do this. Kill the book. <laughs> so then I like told my editor and she agreed to let me put spooned unleveled flour on every single page. I'm like, I, this is the best I can do. <laughs> It works perfectly and it keeps you on the page. It doesn't send you chasing some flower tip in the beginning of the book. I heard that you used to work at a culinary marketing firm, brainstorming new menu items for places like Buffalo Wild Wings and Taco Bell, and also that you planned this book's recipes name first and then created the cookies to match the names. I would really love to hear about all of that. And if you feel like both of those things were kind of working the same creative muscle for you. I think I didn't realize maybe they were related until people brought it up later. But mm -hmm. yeah, like my first job out of college was for this culinary marketing firm that like we would send in a list of like they called them paper concepts, which were just like 
menu item names, say to like Cinnamon Taco Bell. And then they'll be like, oh, these 10 are interesting. And then we would like fly out and actually cook them and present them for them. It's like a very weird, like kind of like consulting job. I didn't love it. But I think when I was thinking of this book in like a weird way, maybe I did it the same exact way. And I, I had all my chapters listed out and I had every name of every recipe based on I just liked the way it sounded or I liked the alliteration of some letters or it just sounded fun. <laughs> And then I sold the book and I was like, oh, crap. Like when I got to the boozy chapter, <laughs> I guess there's a reason people don't put liquid in cookie dough. And it's like this whole thing I had to navigate. But I think it forced me to, I guess, push myself creatively and be like, well, I'm forced to add booze down to cookies. So that's how it would work when you were developing concepts. You wouldn't actually develop the recipes for like Taco Bell. You would just come up with the names and then you sort of had to do your homework and actually create them once they said which ones were interesting to them. Yeah. And like sometimes they were just like impossible, like just physically like these things would not work. And I was like, oh, gosh. So we would like show up to these presentations with like pretty like haggard concepts. I was like, well, it's what you picked. (laughs) Can you remember any examples of that? Gosh, there was like a project and I was like trying to stuff pizza crust with like various things. And it was just like proving impossible to get like the dough to fuse together, to like hold these various oozing things. And they would always just like explode into the pizza and like, well, here's our presentation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was a time. It was a time in my life. It sounds amazing. It was a really weird job. I mean, even if it does not end up being your long-term career, it just seems so, I mean, it gives you great stories and it also informs your creativity for future projects like this one. I had no idea until people started bringing up like, well, I guess it did. <laughs> I kind of thought it was normal. I thought that's how people wrote cookbooks until like someone recently pointed it out. Like, is that not how people do it? Are there any examples of ones that you came up with the name and were really proud of it and then were kind of surprised by the outcome? I think there's a few, yeah. There's like a Campari shortbread recipe, which is like a kind of the very standard shortbread. And then on top, it has like this hot pink glaze. That's the Campari and it's like homemade orange sprinkles. So it's like Negroni vibes. And I think I had it listed as like a Campari vanilla bean sugar cookie, I think. And I kept trying to make it and it was like this really ugly faint orange color. And it was like bitter in a bad way. And like the liquid was making it like crispy and like shatterly crisp in a bad way mm-hmm. and then it morphed into this whole shortbread idea and then there's like a, a salami like a chocolate salami like a slicing log it's a black forest one and oh my gosh it was like tasted fine on the first try but i could not slice it and without it crumbling and i went on like this literally like this three-day bender i made like 20 of them and that was like another <laughs> one of those examples it's like okay maybe like name first isn't a good idea I found a version that crumbled when I didn't slice it. I think I was working originally more like, oh, just make kind of like a ganache and like a bunch of add-ins, like form it into a log and slice it. And I was like headstrong on making that work for like two days. And then I just gave up. And then I was doing some research and people do it more like they actually like cream sugar and butter and add cocoa and like whip all that. So it's like a lighter, like butter based one and then put the chocolate into that. And I did that and like worked perfectly and I should have just gave in earlier. Well, it kind of reminds me of Dory Greenspan's World Peace Cookies, which are probably among the most 
famous cookies out there at this point. And I remember when I first shared the recipe in Genius Recipes, a lot of the comments were talking about the crumbling when you slice it. But then I think just in following Dory's various versions of it over the years and her stories about it and her and, you know, reading closer into her tips, the crumbling was not really a problem. It's just, you know, she's like, we'll just smush it back together. It's just so interesting that that has become such a famous and beloved cookie and is really kind of one of a kind if you just have the right hand holding like Dory is so good at doing in her recipes and like telling you to smush it together then you realize it's not necessarily a bug, but kind of a feature of that dough. Yeah, totally. I think that's like important to remember because I guess working name first, I'd have this idea of like, oh, it feels like this and it tastes like this, it looks like this. And then if it was just like slightly off, but still delicious in its own way, I would be like, oh, I'm so upset. I'm depressed. We got to start over. And I, it's like a good lesson to tell yourself. Mm-hmm. That even if it doesn't come out the way you're expecting. Sometimes it's better. You can sort of like rebrand in your own mind. Totally, yeah. And just coach people on what to expect. Yeah. Yeah. Like you've done. Hey, it's Kristen. If you're enjoying this chat with Jesse as much as I did, head over to the Genius Recipe Tapes and hit follow so you don't miss out on other stories like this one. And like our recent episode with Brett Warshaw, author of the new book, What's the Difference?, about the differences between mandarins and clementines, hot cocoa and hot chocolate, dinner and supper, and why these differences matter. In the second half of this episode, Jesse will tell us more about the genius of this week's preserved lemon crinkle cookie. Meet you back here for that. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hard-working hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hard-working hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. So these cookies specifically, I would love to talk about and hear more about from you because so many recipes grab me in your book as being, you know, really delicious looking, really simple, really unexpected flavor combinations that I hadn't seen before. But for whatever reason, it was these cookies that just immediately had my heart. And I guess maybe it's partly that I'm just very nostalgic about crinkle cookies, but also because I had not seen them before in lemon and definitely not preserved lemon. So I'm curious what your story is on, you know, what you were trying to create with this cookie. Yeah, it's actually surprising. This is one of the recipes I see so many people making, and I I thought no one was going to make this recipe. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I think. So growing up, I would have lemon crinkle cookies. Oh, yeah. I remember having them. I think it was my mom who made them. And I just thought this was like, oh, a normal thing people had. And so kind of the thesis of the whole book was like taking like things we're familiar with and then tweaking them just the tiniest bits so they feel like exciting and 
you know, like you're really accomplished making something cool. It's cool because I completely omitted all the salt in the cookie dough. So the lemon is like doing two things. It's adding the flavor, but it's adding salt content. So it uses just the pith of the lemon, not the pith, the skin. Mm-hmm. If you haven't had preserved lemons, it's like not quite as tart as a normal lemon. And it has like a funk to it, like a like a deep earthiness. So you you mince up the skin. And then, like many crinkle cookies, you cream the butter and the sugar together. And the first time I made it, I just folded the minced skin into it, easy. And it was fine, but it was almost like little pieces would pop out with flavor, which was not like, I wanted like the whole cookie to be flavorful. So I started over and I added it to that first step with the sugar and the butter. So it essentially like smashes in the mixer and like, the oils and all of it mixes with the sugar. So you get like the cohesive flavor throughout the entire cookie. Oh, I had not even thought about that. Yeah. It makes so much sense. It's a cool, yeah, it's a fun cookie. And it's like, I don't, maybe like six ingredients. And it kind of gives you like this very special cookie that like, again, the ultimate goal is like, you feel cool making, even though it's actually like very simple. It is. The dough is so simple to make. Yeah. You just threw in all the dry ingredients together too, right? You don't like pre- sift them or or whisk them together i think if i'm remembering right yeah you mix all that together and so there's two instances you cream the butter and the sugar and then you add your wet your egg in the middle and then you cream it again and both one of those i think are listed on like medium speed which is pretty high and they're also listed for two to three minutes each because i found like if i want a cookie to crack like a guaranteed way to get those cracks is just like shove as much physical air as you can into it. Mm. So these first two steps are like getting as much air into it as you can. So then when the dough hits the oven, the air quickly expands because it's hot. And that's when it like Mm. rips through the outers like a dough. Oh, I see. Okay. I always wondered what, maybe that's why crinkle cookies are so magical and nostalgic because you just don't understand the mechanics of how something so beautiful happens yeah they're like pretty and then like another it's like very simple but another thing i like did was we were maybe like two two years ago i was styling another cookie package and we had a crinkle cookie and ben who i work with you know ben weiner he like assists me and works with me on all kinds of shoots and he's like a legit pastry chef and he was telling me how he rolls cookies in granulated sugar and then powdered sugar he gets better cracks so he did that and they looked beautiful. And then I like tested and tested. And essentially I found out was if you just take the dough and you roll it in powdered sugar, like most old school crinkle cookies, it'll work. But the first layer of powdered sugar is going to touch like the wet dough and it's going to salt and you really have to like roll it and roll it. And it's going to like change the outer texture. But if you do it with the sugar first, granulate sugar, it creates like a dry, like outer shell that's like rough. So it'll hold on to the powdered sugar and it's not touching the wet dough anymore. So it's like a very smooth outer surface that like cracks way more beautiful. Hmm. Yeah. So there's like a bunch of like little things, I guess, like now that I'm analyzing my own work that I threw into this. I was going to ask you what that did. I also am curious, using preserved lemon in baking, have you done it much? And what do you like about using preserved lemon as opposed to lemon juice or lemon zest? Hmm. Preserved lemon, um, I guess, from like a mechanical point of view, it doesn't have since it's just the skin we're using it doesn't have the acid that lemon juice 
would like if you added lemon juice to this recipe, I would have to like reconfigure the chemical leavening agent because I wouldn't want it to react. But it's just a different flavor, really. It's like a savory earthiness that you get from the lemons instead of just like a brightness. Like you do get some brightness, but it's like a much more complex, mm-hmm. earthy, salty flavor. Like if you're eating an already sugary cookie dough, it's nice to have like that savory aspect to kind of like balance it. You wouldn't normally think of sugar cookies as being very complicated, even though vanilla itself is a fairly complex flavor too. When I think of preserved lemon, it almost reminds me of like cola in Mm. its almost fizzy feeling quality from the fermentation, but also just the, the complexity of these aromatics that come out. It's a hard flavor to describe when, like, if someone hasn't had it before. Mm-hmm. It's like a like a savory soy sauce, a lemon sauce, like a lemony soy sauce mm-hmm. flavor is like how I guess I'd describe it. But you do also lean on the vanilla pretty heavily in this recipe and your other recipes too. There was a whole tablespoon in this recipe. I do, yeah. That was, I guess, another like very um, central thing was that like with like salt contents or vanilla extract or items like that like traditional baking if you like you know it'd be like a teaspoon vanilla would be a lot or a quarter teaspoon of salt maybe back in the day and it's just kind of like tastes have changed we've been exposed to like milk bar cookies and all of these like very bold flavors so a lot of these recipes i would like what is the limit for vanilla for it to get still delicious without ever being overwhelming and it's like you can get away with a tablespoon in a lot of these recipes. And especially with this, I feel like the vanilla is still like rooting this cookie in a familiar flavor for home bakers. You know what I mean? It's like this background note that really complements the lemon and like solidifies this as like a sweet cookie. Yeah, to balance out the savory. Mm, yeah. And I feel like lemon and vanilla is also just like a very delicious combo. Well, I love them. Uh, they are what is in my Tupperware right now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm testing. I'm trying to test the limits of like how long I would recommend like keeping them. Like could mm. they could they ship across the country and still be as delicious? And they're holding strong, but it's really hard um, because I just want to eat them all. I feel like it's, it's like I can see the flavor like actually maturing really nicely, too. There's, like, yeah. there's some types of cookies that like aren't as good fresh. And then like a day or a few later, they actually are like way better. It's very strange. I think this cookie is like anyone can pull it off. It's unexpected. It's like this kind of like chef level flavor and concept that's actually like very, very obtainable and simple. And you should feel confident making it, even though it's unexpected and it's fun to try something new. They're deceptively fancy for how easy they are to mix together. I like that. Yeah. I mean, that was like my goal with the whole book. So it's nice to hear that. Thanks for listening. And my thanks to Jesse Sevchak, food stylist and author of the new cookbook, Cookies, the New Classics. This week's show was put together by Coralie, Amy Schuster, Paul Schuler, and Emily Hanhan. If you discover something genius over the holidays, I would always love to hear from you at genius at food52.com or just tag me on Instagram at McGlorious. And if you like the Genius Recipe Tapes and the Food 52 Podcast Network, the very best thing that you can do to support us and to help other people find the show 
is to take a moment to leave us a five-star rating or review. Or send this episode to someone who is a sucker for the magic of a crinkle cookie, too. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week.